not so. Why? Uh, why do we start this this way? But then we release it to the public, and no, no one's gonna want to be a Patreon. <laughs> I think or, they will. But, I don't know. But those who are when, patrons, when you don't ever want to leave. Oh, hey there. It's not harassment. It's you know. Look it's, a, it's an affectionate. It's an affectionate <laughs> grumble. Mm. Welcome everybody mm. to the chill, chill mini uh, for the weekend of like November 9th or somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, it's just in that area. People have requested for minisodes that we put. We, we at least bring the date up in the beginning. So those who are listening later know what like what time this is falling. And it's just like early November, everybody. Welcome to uh, it. It's an optimistic time ish. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is somewhat more it's optimistic. It's the week of video games. <laughs> it's true. We have uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla coming out. Uh, and the and Xbox and the PlayStation. Yeah. I don't, I'm not getting either one of those right Dude, now. Right I, away. I heard Astro's Playroom is going to be the shit. I, I heard that too. I heard, it was I, heard great. I already have an Xbox Series X if I have an Xbox One X, so I'm good on that for now. But I, I'm going to hold on. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to get I'm psyched for the PS5. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't have a uh, for the stories. It's not a huge story. I don't think I don't think any of us have. I don't know how, what you guys have. I, have an I don't update. have anything. My story has huge heart. Yeah, I have an okay. update from a from a previous thing that we've talked about. Mine's a, right, let's, I'll start this week. Okay. Then. Uh, this one's really quick, but as always, it's space related. Perfect. Um, this one's, this is interesting and simply it's a new discovery. A mysterious, this comes from the independent, um, mysterious radio signal is coming from inside our galaxy. Scientists announce mysterious, intense blasts of radio energy have been detected within our own galaxy. Astronomers have said <clears throat> fast radio bursts or FRBs. Uh, last only a fraction of a second, but can be a hundred million times more powerful than the sun. Despite their intensity, their origin remains largely unknown. Now astronomers have been able to observe a fast radio burst in our own Milky Way for the first ever time, as well as being closer than any FRB ever detected before. They could finally help solve the mystery of where they come from. Scientists have had trouble tracking down the origin of such blasts because they are so short, unpredictable and originate far away. Uh, but it is clear that they must be formed in some of the most extreme conditions possible in the universe with suggested explanations, including everything from dying stars, of course, to alien technology. Hmm. Uh, later on for this, um, the detection began on the 27th of April when researchers using two space telescopes picked up multiple X-ray and gamma ray emissions coming from a magnetar at the other end of our galaxy. The next day, researchers used up, uh, used two North American telescopes uh, to observe the patch of sky and picked up the blast that came to be known as FRB uh, 200,428, <laughs> as well as being the first FRB from our own Milky Way. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much the story. Uh, there's another FRB from, that from, we just... It's from this... It's come from, from the Milky Way galaxy. It's the first one we've ever discovered within our own galaxy. Any explanation of what... Again, there's no real way. That's to the know. unfair part of this is it's like, yep. well, it could either be an alien or a sun. Like that seems like yep. BS to me. Well, that's what that. I mean. Like, is there is does it represent something that we know about? Is there things that we know about that emit this type of radiation or is it just like a complete mystery? No, yeah, we know. Is, we the, know the, what it does. It's either a radio yeah. wave signal or it's literally a uh, sun. Yeah. Like, and that's said, so uh, dumb. <laughs> if the FRB can be proven to come from a from a magnar, a magnetar. Many mysteries still remain. Astronomers will need to look for the mechanism that allows the magnetar to power an NFRB, looking for an instance to understand how it could send out such bright, unusual bursts of energy and X-ray emissions at the same time. So they don't know if it's coming from where it seems like it's coming from. They still don't know how it's happening. So who knows? But it's close. And also, I found that interesting. The, you know, 
the size of our it, it's crazy that we're detecting things from outside the galaxy before we're detecting things in our own galaxy yeah. which maybe that's because our galaxy is younger than other galaxies and yes, so that's actually they've one of had the longer time to send that radio wave out. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? Who effing knows? All I know is, judged by the size of the universe, if we got a radio wave frequency hit from another galaxy, those people are probably already dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that civilization probably already gone. Or they like float now. You never know. Yeah. Or, yeah. or they don't exist. They transcended to light beings. You know, what whatever. Is it, what is it called? It's the great filter, right? Like the thing where like a, a, col- a civilization within space, an intelligent civilization within space will eventually hit this point where they'll wipe themselves out or they'll push past it and they will yeah. go to colonize That's the levels space. of civilization. The, the, yeah. you know, like we're a zero shout out zeros. Yep. What's up? What up yeah. zeros? And Dude, there's I a get one. It. Yeah. <laughs> and there are ones which are like can travel around their own solar system. And then there's twos, which are like, you can go between solar systems and then there's threes and then fours. And I think there's a hypothetical five, which is like, you are a light being. That's like, yeah, like uh, interdimensional. Yeah. yeah. Potentially what's literally sitting on top of our planet right now. But the, but the idea is also like a four wouldn't wouldn't even recognize a zero that we'd be like ants. So there'd be no reason to even yeah. interact with us. Well, that's all I got, boys. Boggles that's my mind. fascinating yeah. little in a tidbit of discovery in the in the world of the stars. Mm. OK, so I got a little update for you. OK, OK. So if you guys remember in September, I brought up a story about uh, a man in a jetpack that yes. <laughs> that was seen at L- like around LAX at like 3000 feet. I saw a yeah. photo of him recently. Yeah. He's I'm cruising dude. People were like only in LA, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know how I missed this. But back in, halfway through October, a couple weeks ago, there was more. Uh yeah. They found they saw another guy uh in the air uh a couple miles away from LAX. But this time, and it's 1.45 p.m., so we're talking about yeah, in the middle of the photos, goddamn there are day. There photos of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 remember, I remember reading this, and I think, I think the, the, ra- the guy, the pilot, called it into the radio tower, and the radio tower's return question was, is it a man, is it a man in a jetpack or is it a UFO? Yeah. And he just very calmly was like, man in a jetpack. And she's like, all right, carry on. Yeah. No, it's a man <laughs> in a jetpack. Difference is that this time the dude was 6,000 feet up. Instead Ooh. of 3,000 feet up. That is Ooh, double. Damn. Uh, so if we're trying to. Do you ex- need a mask at that? Do you know? Do you need I'm a mask sure at that? I'm sure you need something because you shouldn't be up that high. Period. I mean, like 6,000 feet. Just to give you an idea. This is. I got my New York Times subscription because I actually like reading news that is uh, credentialed and true. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the Wilshire Grand Tower, uh, the biggest building in L.A., uh, this is six times higher than that. Wow. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So That's just crazy. think about how high up that is. First of all, That's so we're crazy. getting so close to having our own fucking Iron Man flying. I am around. not. Well, can, you couldn't convince me. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure this is just Elon Musk, right? Like, literally literally man, the man? like I am yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. You well, know, what? <laughs> last time we talked about think, this, there was Do you honestly man. think Musk could keep it to himself? If it was him. No, which is why I think he's testing it. And then when he perfects it, he'll be like, uh, I am Iron I'm Man. Yeah. Park, bro. And then we become, then we go into cyberpunk territory and we don't become the utopia we want. Do you know what cyberpunk is? It is not utopian, my friend. It's I mean, never. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not utopia. We don't go to the Marvel superhero route. Oh, we just no. go to the yeah. cyberpunk I'm route. There. I'm there. But I get Jack's arms and I'm okay with it. That's true. We could just modify ourselves completely. Yeah. 
Well, so 6,000 feet up, right? You got to look at the numbers and you got to look at the realm of possibility, right? So the first option is Jetman Dubai, which we talked about last time, uh, which is the one where it's like, looks like kind of like an Iron Man situation, except he has like a plastic hang glider on basically. Yeah. Like he's got like hard triangular wings. This isn't that guy. Yeah. No, that's in Dubai. That's that's somewhere else. But there is uh, an F uh, SFV like San Fernando Valley company in L.A. ish that's called Jetpack Aviation. They have, quote, the world's only jetpack. Apparently, it can operate for 10 minutes. It can go 15,000 feet. Uh, and uh, apparently, they don't, uh, they don't sell them, but they have one. And they have, like, like you, can, you can pay. Apparently, it's good. Okay, so normally, it costs $49.50. $5,000 to do this for a day, uh, right? But right now, if you want to fly on the jetpack, it's only for, it's, it's still the same price, but it, now it's two days. I don't know if that's a COVID deal or what, but it's a limited huh. time offer. You pay. What does that mean day wise? Like how, if it only lasts I'll, for I'll so many you, minutes, I'll give, you, I'll give you exactly. It's two days. Okay. So the first, first of all, you get a photo in the jetpack with the JPA team. You get a photo alone in the jetpack off the tether. So that's cool. You get a polo. You get a t-shirt. You get a hat, a certificate, patches, and you get a remove before flight keychain. Okay. That's what you get. Uh, But what you do, it starts at 8 a.m. each day. There's a safety briefing. You get an explanation, presentation of the controls, flight lesson, safety apparel. You get to wear a (coughs) flight suit, which you might also get to keep. Uh, There's a tether system that they teach you about. They teach you how to fuel the jetpack, safety controls, how to start the jetpack, maneuvers, demonstration flight, throttle exercises, hover exercises, yaw exercises, climbing exercises, forward and backward exercises, sideways exercises, debriefing, flights of the day, photos, uh, and you do that twice in a row. But wouldn't... (sighs) Oh, boy. It, I imagine you have to sign a waiver. There's no way that is not just dangerous. It says the insurance is included in the cost. There's a there's a there's a brochure. And on the website, it says it is really safe. So please don't worry about that. We have spent years refining <coughs> the operation. You will always be on a safety cable and have an instructor that can take control at any time. Will I a be required to sign connecting a, you to where? Will I be if to ground? I guess. Yeah, like, like uh, the that's where you don't want to be. Know what, or maybe, maybe you don't go that high up. You know what I mean? Maybe you, you know just. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah. no matter what, down is bad when you are yeah. anywhere up. You, you <laughs> do like have to sign a safety waiver. Down is bad. You do have to. You do have to file a safety waiver. A uh, file a safety waiver. It says it would take longer than two days to get you to the point of being able to safely fly off tether. Uh, right. I don't say. But you get to do it in the fo- in the photo session, or they Photoshop it out. Um, being attached at all times to a tether system, a horizontal cable reduces the chance of you hitting the ground. Gotcha. So no matter what you're, there's a horizontal. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Okay. I was like, why, where would they attach it to? Dude, imagine if somebody was like, okay, it's time for your photo op without the tether. And as soon as I take it off, you're just like, 
take yeah. off with the Here's fucking the thing. Things. What are they going to do? Stop you. <laughs> exactly. What They've are they going to do? Literally, you how to refuel it. Wait 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, wait, wait 10 minutes. No, I'll be dead you for 10 minutes. Dude. Like that uh, Morrowind <laughs> quest where the guy just like <laughs> fucking lands. No, dude, it'll be like episode two of Mandalorian season two. Yeah. Where he activates the jetpack. Yeah. Just takes that dude out. Yeah. Great. Lunch is provided. That's good. Great. Good. And the most ominous. The most ominous thing of all. You will wear special apparel designed for jetpack operations. This reduces the chance of burns. That's not eliminate. Okay. I wasn't even thinking about your ass burning or your back burning, but now now I am. Yeah. That would scare me, actually. Places are very limited, but you can book now at jetpackaviation.com. So if you want to. Only for five grand. Yeah. Though apparently it's not that jetpack. Apparently it's not that jetpack. Nobody knows of a jetpack that can do this, like where somebody just like goes off into the fucking sky and flies around on a jetpack, like mm-hmm. unsanctioned. That's gotta be a rich fucker. That's all. Yeah. It's gotta be. Uh, sure. Also jetpack aviation is showing off a, a military application and a, uh, and a civilian application for a hover motorcycle called the speeder. Ooh. Interesting. If you go to jetpackaviation.com. It's on the front page. It's mission. To save lives. <laughs> that's what it says. Uh, okay. But yeah, that's that's my uh, little tidbit of news is that now there's been a double jetpack guy. And he's out there somewhere. There's somebody out there with a jetpack in L.A. somewhere near us who's just I'm jealous of this winding person. around willy nilly. There's somebody with a jetpack. That's crazy, right? Dude, he's the super spreader. Dude, yeah, he's maybe he's like COVID. a Johnny Appleseed of COVID. Right, he's just going yeah. around spreading COVID. That's in the probably US. what it is. We've solved. I don't. It. I don't think that. I don't think that's what that is. Somebody tell the devs. Today, we solved it early. Mm, a new no. conspiracy was born today. All right. As we all know, the elections happened this past week, but that they, wasn't what? the most important. That was this one. week? Whoa! That wasn't I, I the most slept? important one. From Reuters in Seoul, Korea, South Korea. Is being hailed as a major win for democracy in South Korea. After 16 years in exile, an election winner is returning this week triumphantly to claim his rightful place on the front of a green cereal box. The limited edition of Czech cereal sold out within two days when it hit online stores following years of almost ceaseless campaigning by enthusiasts. The long road to the cereal aisle began in 2004 when Kellogg's Korea launched a lighthearted marketing campaign for Czechs, a five grain cereal, asking South Koreans to vote on a new flavor. The TV commercial featured two cartoon candidates. They were... Oh, they were vying for the Czech's Choco Empire. And the two candidates were the chocolate favored Czechie and the green onion flavored Chaka. Green onion Czechs, dude. What? Listen, in the world of 2020, where memes are king, you do not play with shit like that. Well, this was 2004. Oh, what? Yeah. What? The the PR stunt was meant to end with an easy victory for the chocolate Czechie. But the people did not agree. Oh, my God. <laughs> Votes for Chaka surged past Checky, uh, catching Kellogg's completely unaware. Citing multiple votes by individuals, the company halted online voting, threw out duplicate votes, and declared Checky the winner. 
Chaka fans cried <laughs> foul and decried Checky's subsequent 16-year rule as an illegitimate tyrant. Chaka remained in the public consciousness via regular hashtag like pray for checks and wow. memes depicting the onion character as a freedom fighter. God, oh. oh to live in fucking Korea where the big election was about <laughs> green onion right. checks versus fucking chocolate. We never expected customers would be this interested in the product after 16 years. Kim Hyun, a spokeswoman for the Kellogg's Korea company, spoke or said, uh, every time we launched new cereals or had promotional events, online communities would repeatedly ask us for the flavor. Chaka's success was so monumentous that on the day it was announced earlier this month, it surged past North Korea's bombing of an inter-Korean liaison office to become the top trending topic on South Korean social media. That's just fucking depressing. Oh, that's just so sad. Good God. The fact that that overtook like an attack. Here's one of the tweets. The cheating forces of Checky were ousted and Mr. Chaka's 16 years struggle with has finally come to an end. A TV advertisement apologizing for the lay featured a small child whose dreams of onion cereal were crushed. Promotional materials included a faux political poster with the image of Chaka over former President Barack Obama's Yes, We Can slogan. And if you see the if you see the commercial, it literally spoofs, you know, they're like the dudes dancing with the, the, the coffin. Yeah, that means yes, yes, it yes. literally spoofs memes in this trailer. Oh my God! Where do I get to see the Green Onion Checks trailer? Um, you can. I will send you the. It's, it's gotta be on YouTube. It is on for sure. It might be on YouTube, but it's for oh, sure in this yeah. Reuters article. Um, limited edition cereals are usually on sale for about three months, but that could be extended if sales are strong. Kim said the company has been working on developing the cereal for fifteen years, but <sighs> couldn't figure out the right onion flavor. When it called for 50 early testers, they received 14,000 applications. Traditional breakfast cereals are often savory and even spicy. And many people seem to envision the onion flavor as a potential bar snack with beer rather than with milk. I had adult like taste in food since I was young. So I love local food with food with garlic, green onion or kimchi, said food blogger, um, Lee Su Jung, 24, who voted for Chaka as a child and was an early taster. Her verdict, the green flavor is just, or, excuse me, the green onion flavor is just too mild. <laughs> and she was disappointed. It's like freaking Duke Nukem 3D coming out. Yep. And Everybody so was just disappointed. If you watch the trailer, it's really funny. Um, one of my favorite is there's a clip of a guy on YouTube trying it. And uh, he seems to have the opposite opinion. I'm watching it with the subtitles on. He says it has a strong smell and tastes like green onion. And he's eating it out of a cereal bowl with milk. And it looks <sighs> so gross. And I want to try it. I want to try I it. I just I'm trying to like I have the, to know the, what the closest, it tastes like. The closest thing my brain does is like, what if you put Funyuns in milk? Like, that's where my brain goes. But that's like garlicky, right? Like onions, I, but I'm onion, like, what kind of onion flavored? But like, it has like a yeah, but like, what, yeah, like but I was trying to figure out like what kind of flavor would you give a cereal? Like, you're gonna put it in milk, green onion. 
I, I mean, I, I don't want. You're, I would eat it out of a cup. I would eat it all day, uh, like as a snack. Like a snack. The milk yeah, makes like no a, sense. Like a dry but, snack. But I get it as when you think about it as check Chex Mix. I yeah, think it actually yeah. works with Chex Mix. Yeah, oh, I think absolutely. that's actually a solid Cheetos addition. And shit. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Just, not with milk. It's just a weird. I do think it's hilarious that they tried in 2004 to troll the Chex company and the Chex company was like chocolate wins. And then for 16 years, they kept doing this and it took until 2020, the year of years, the year where we finally see everything clearly <laughs> It took until this time. They they for saw them things to be clearly. Like, yeah, you can have it. And like I said at the beginning of the article, uh, I need these. it sold out in two days. That's nuts. I need in to try days. these. If you see that, my favorite part is if you look at the. Uh, let's see if I can send you the direct. Sl- <laughs> even on the. Um, oh God! How do I even show you this? How do I show you this image? Even on the image of uh, the checks. There is this giant green onion checks in the background. He's pushing the chocolate checks out of the way. <laughs> That's so That's funny. Great. Hold on. I'm just going to save this image as somebody give please me a do. bag of these, please. Yeah. If you can send. Oh, well, while we're getting out of here, this is a mini. So a little behind the scenes, Jesse, you're going to be getting a painting soon, sir. Yeah. Ooh. Cool. So, so thanks for that. I saw that. Pro- I'm so excited. You sent me a haunted doll, dude. Oh, it's whoa, about whoa, whoa, time. whoa, 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 whoa. One of us sent you a haunted doll. It, it had was- both of your names <laughs> Why attached. Why am I being punished for this? We both this decided. Is- don't try. <laughs> yes. fucking, don't try and go back. Retcon history. Don't worry, Alex. Somebody else has another haunted item they've returned a hawk to me. I'm gonna get that sent to you. I welcome. So it. don't. Cool. Yeah. I'm so excited. Don't worry um, about what it. What if? It. What if it ends up on fire for some reason? Then we know that the picture was filled with hate, like he said. Yeah. What if I set it on fire? The picture is filled <laughs> with hate. That's the problem. Every time they go into the room, they said they, they like gets cold in the oh. picture. It's a picture of flowers that was in the house when they moved in. Uh, <laughs> they just they said it's been there since they la- they moved in, and it just the room feels wrong. And the Shandor's picture feels flowers. Like, there you go. It was Shan- I don't even get that reference. You will. But, you all right. Will. Sweet. <laughs> when we watch movies yeah, one day. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. All right. That's it for this <laughs> I keep you never watch any movies. I know. Oh my God. References just go whizzing by, dude. Uh, next week will be no mini sode. We'll be back to the week after with a mini sode. Don't worry. Next week is a mini sode compilation for the regular folk, and we'll get back to it the week after. Oh, uh, yeah. that's it. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We love you, and we'll see you next right. time. Bye, Goodbye. bye, buddy. Look, look. I'm I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I feel like I'm always staring at a screen these days. Now more than ever, when I'm stuck in my house, like I am. And whether you're an avid news watcher or you're in serious need of a distraction, sometimes unplugging is actually a little easier said than done. And one of my favorite ways to rest my eyes and still get access to all the cool things that I'm dying to listen to and pay attention to is by putting Raycon wireless earbuds into my ears and listening to something great. Whether you're catching up on your favorite news podcast, binging an audiobook, or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. They sent me a copy of their E25 Raycons. I've been putting them in. They do not fall out of your ears. It's pretty crazy. I've been using with my iPad to teleconference. It has been literally night and day in terms of things like my dog barking or people working on my house, you know, taking advantage of the fact that not that many people are outside, you know, having the things right in my ears. It's really made it a lot easier for me to function in my day to day uh, in terms of my relationship 
relationship with technology. There's no dangling wires or stems to get in your way. Raycons come in a range of stylish colors, but always with a comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. Uh, Raycons are built to perform anywhere and anytime with water and sweat-resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. I swear, I literally just opened my little Raycon pill. I checked the Bluetooth screen. They were ready to go. Within 15 seconds, I was using them. It's pretty crazy. And with enough battery life for six hours of playtime, you can unplug for a while. And the best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other premium audio brands. And now Raycon is offering 15% off for all Chaluminati listeners. And here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash CP. That is it. You get... 15% off your entire Raycon order, so feel free and grab a pair and a spare and another one for your grandma and your auntie and your dad and anybody else who's complaining about not being able to hear you on those teleconference calls that you're all doing. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash CP. Again, that's buyraycon.com slash CP. Hello, my little Chiluminauts. No. Welcome back. Still not cool. It's, dude, we've been doing this for so long. Yeah, so so I'm call you out on it. The day I don't be. is the day I get in trouble with the internet. I'm not gonna. I don't want to be part of your creep show. Jesse, no I can't believe you just didn't dis- express your disapproval. Oh, What's I loved. You don't need to. You don't need to say that. I always will. I will. That's why I'm changing my review on iTunes from five out of five to four out of five. You uh, know what? Still good. Still yeah. all right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you guys brought today, but uh, I got something a little true crimey this time around. I want to talk about Poe stuff. So I have the official sequel to the Poe episode. Do you want to save it for the end or do you want to do it first? I've got like a Poe follow up thing too. So let me get mine out of the way because mine's not remotely Poe related. Okay. I just want to ask to all of our German listeners. Oh boy. What's happening? Is everything okay? And what why is this the about? third cannibal in like five years that has been arrested <laughs> in Germany? Remains in German murder case show signs in, of cannibalism. Berlin prosecutors say suspect in death of 44-year-old man had interest in the subject. German prosecutors say there's evidence of cannibalism, the killing of a 44-year-old man whose remains were found in Berlin. A 41-year-old man was arrested at his home this Thursday on suspicion of murder with sexual motives close to the site where the victim's bones were found. Quote, the suspect had an interest in cannibalism. <clears throat> he searched online the for the topic. Yeah, he searched online for the topic quite often. L- okay. Uh, on November 8th, a walker had chanced upon the skeletal remains of a human leg on a field on the northern outskirts of Berlin near the border of Brandenburg Gate. Oh. On the bones, investigators discovered bite marks, though they said it was still unclear if they were human or from an animal. The remains were those of a 44-year-old high-voltage technician who had gone missing from his shared apartment in Berlin's Lichtenberg district on the 5th of September. And it goes on to say that the, 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 I think the looks at the biting marks there, they, they potentially are from human. And, uh, I just want, like I said, this is like the third cannibal in like a few uh, all years. Right, all right, let me just stick up for Berlin for a hot moment. <laughs> Berlin, you are a great ass town. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Every time I've been there. Amazing. The people I can are vouch. great. I like yeah. Berlin. It was beautiful. Uh, it was kind of I'm like sure, sadly man. beautiful in a way, but evocatively like, beautiful. In 2006, the Rottenberg cannibal happened. Uh, look, and then in 2015, the, the German Berlin police very, officer was like, convicted for murder and killing a man he met on the internet and then ate him. Berlin has has a streak of very, you know, uh, like a, a liberal streak to it. A sort of like uh, 
F the man streak. And frankly, <laughs> nothing says more F the man than eating a person. So I feel like it's, this, well, they're it's, saying eat the man in that case. You know, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you know, eat the rich. The man, then I'm eat just the saying, man. you know, so you got to work your way up. What if the secret <laughs> is that like 45% of people in Germany are, are delicious, just cannibals? Are what, if, just cannibals? what if there's just a whole like a whole culture of cannibalism? And it's all you're just say that, that just like 45 percent of the Germans are secretly delicious. No, it's like it's Blade, just, you know, like what if it's just just below the surface, like some kind yeah. of fucked up Harry Potter. Maybe dude. situation. It's you know? just weird. It's just weird because I feel like cannibalism isn't something we see in America all too often. Look, I don't want to I don't want to start saying something like that, because then somebody's going to hit me with the Google links to like 45 cases of cannibalism in my yeah, hometown. And don't send me your personal pictures of your own cannibalistic tendencies either. I don't need them in the inbox. I will delete. Well, them. <laughs> just leave we're me tired of it. OK, cannibals. Yeah, I'm tired of your weird shit. Just be cannibals. aware, cannibals, that uh, you don't have to eat your friends because this week uh, on November 20th, a lot of articles came out about how there's uh, a thing called um, human steak. Which I'm is good. something that you can grow. Yeah, good. It good. is do-it-yourself meal kit for I'll growing pass. steaks made from human cells. Recently nominated for Design of the Year in the London-based Design Museum. Pretty so good that's that. a thing that could happen yeah, in the I'm future. Like super good. Like a thousand I'd percent. Eat a, I would I'd never. rather eat a, a, a thick liquid made of bugs than, than a human steak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so okay. weird. It's so would weird. Would you eat it? Would I? Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. If it... <sighs> If it was like, all right, I'll be real. If it was for uh, on a dare, I'd have to. By law, I'd it's have gotta to. It's got to be a no. By, law, by dare, I'd have to. I'd have to do it. If someone was like, what if dare it was just you put bro, in front I'd of like, you as right. an option? Like you have one op- you have an opportunity here. No, if it was like my option was a delicious steak or genetically grown man meat, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. That's another that. awful part of it. Okay, like I'm an adventurous eater. You know what I mean? I've had whale. I've eaten balut. I've eaten all kinds of bugs, all manner of bugs and worms. Human flesh, real or not, is like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't know. That's the forbidden fruit, man. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> up a joke, but I'm going to, you know, it's a human flesh joke and eaten, but I'm going to just keep it to myself. Hey, man, that's what the chill minis are all about. That's <laughs> chill what, chill mini. minis. Chill Woo! mini after dark, maybe. But here's the deal. Cannibals say that human meat tastes the most like pork, like the most, this most similar tasting meat to human is pork. So you know it. that. You know that steak's gonna be good. It's gonna be like a pork, big, big man, man-sized pork chop. I'd still rather have, I don't know, like a nice chicken breast or something than than a pork. Than a Jesse breast? I gotta be healthy. I gotta be healthy. What if I you know. could just make your own food out of your own cells? Here's the thing: if you could, we would have been doing that for all of history, and we'd be I fine with it. We'd be totally fine with it. It's it's so mentally repugnant to me to like walk myself through the process of doing it that I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could eat fake human flesh like that i don't know that i could do it i'm not cool with eating fake anything right it seems weird to be like yeah yeah i mean like i don't know i don't mind beyond i don't mind beyond because it's not trying to be anything yeah no but it's 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 not trying to be like it's a vegetable thing rather than a it's meat that we made meat oh yeah no no thank you that is a whole nother level i'm like nah i don't trust that meat yeah it's fucking scary dude that's like how you're gonna like grow five arms later or something well here's the thing maybe i'm wrong because i do kind of think i'd love to have extra body parts i would like to have a storeroom somewhere of like look i need a kidney okay here's your own 
right? I mean, in that fascinating. context, a lot more, I'm a lot more willing to, to, to negotiate, you know, but in the context of like, I grew this, eat it. It's a human, <laughs> it's human <laughs> progeny, but it's not alive, no. but it's meat from no. a human. I would be like, this is like a, this is like a game that I like, this could be like in a video game where they make you eat this and it would be like the scariest part of the game. But again, <laughs> on a dare, if money was involved, I'd eat that. I'd be like, all right. I did I do it and be like, this is for this is for you, America. Oh <laughs> for America. Oh my yeah, god. It, it, look, I'm just saying, when we go overseas, Alex knows every time we're in the UK, some Brit or some like, you know, Scottish dude is just like, We're better drinkers than you. And it's like, all right, let's fucking do this. All right, for <laughs> America. We got we gotta show I have up. a spoiler. I have a spoiler for you about who's the best drinker. It's me. You can't beat me. I've never lost. Not me. I'm the last one awake every time. Every, every night time I watch you man, all. I see you all yeah. off to bed every night at CoxCon. Although every once in a while, Davis is the guy who just like it's Davis six a.m. and you're like, are you still up? Davis is wild because he'll be like gone at midnight, and then at like six fifteen a.m. he'll be like, hey guys, what's up? You know me, it's your boy Davis, and it's like. Where did you come from? And he's like, I've been around. <laughs> and it's like, why do you smell like cigarettes? He's like, I don't know. Shut up. Know. Where Shut were up. you? Oh, it's so funny. I can't wait to travel again. Man, I yes. miss the world. Being Me too. in this apartment sucks. Me I need too. to get out. It's going to be so good to see people again. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, all right. You well, want the that se- was a tangent about cannibals. Anyway, you want, the, you want the sequel to Poe? I will give you the sequel to Poe. Well, before you sequel us, yes, can I hit everyone with a little factoids about Poe really quick? Hell yeah. Please. Of course. So, me. Everyone associates absinthe with Poe, right? It was his big drink. It was something that everyone just figures was part of who he was. And a lot for a lot of history, people assumed that the hallucinogenic properties of absinthe were what gave him these crazy ideas for stories. Well, Absinthe, for those of you who don't know, is a sort of green liquid that um, has a uh, black licorice flavor to it. And what they would do at the time is they would add sugar to it. And the you've probably trick- seen it happen at a bar, like where they take the sugar on the in the spoon and pour the absinthe over it. You've seen it. I'm sure. You've yeah. Seen it. Well, the absence we have now is a little bit different than the absinthe that existed in the 1800s because it was banned. Uh, especially in the United States and, and most of the world, because it had a thing called Thujone. And it, it has essentially, to do with wormwood. It, yeah, it's essentially wormwood. And it, it, it just to give you an example. Absinthe became so popular in Europe that five o'clock was called the green hour, oh, which is when people ooh, would wow. like sit down and just get wasted. And so. Man. Absinthe addiction because it was sweet and it had to, I can it do was like, like your one. I can do like one maybe with what it is. It is a it is an intense beverage. Absinthe, I've never tried absinthe. Absinthe has uh, anywhere. I mean, most absinthe is like 120 something, but it goes up to like 150 proof. I Ugh. like I like love licorice and it rips me up like it, it is. It is that not like a borderline joke. moonshine style type stuff. And so. Uh, 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 this Thujone, what it would do is it would apparently cause anyone to drink excessive amounts. They would have hallucin- uh, hallucinations and stuff. But there have been tests and there's been things in the past where they're like, look, we looked into this and it really, you'd have to have 
crazy amount for it to actually do that. There's no real evidence that it did that. And so that probably is just, you know, it seems that he. Yeah. 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 What is more likely is that anyone who was uh, uh, drinking absinthe because of the sweet factor, because it had this this taste at the time, at me at the time, black licorice was a popular flavor. Like that is a taste profile that people loved, which I I like too. Um, and so fashion tasting. Yes, absolutely. And one of the crazy things about it is because of the flavor, it reminded me every article I've looked up about this. It reminds me of one time I was in college when I worked at a radio station and I went to my boss's house for a party and he had a bartender and the bartender was like, my man, I make a thing called the El Presidente. And I was like, awesome. It tasted like cherries, like a cherry Kool-Aid. I must have had 13 of those damn things. Needless to say, puked on my boss's car, got fired the next day. Don't do that. So this is not yours. Okay. This is what I'm saying. This is a drink that during this time period, you didn't just have one. Most drinkers of absinthe were known to have double digits worth of absinthe over the course of a course of a day. That's insane. That's a lot. 150, 120, 150, 98, I think is the lowest proof. Like the the insane amount of alcohol in your system. And I can understand that's why why John Leguizamo is jacked up in that Moulin Rouge movie. (laughs) <laughs> that's what i'm saying the the way people would react when they drank this alcohol is it would mess them up and it wasn't because of the wormwood or whatever. that was like such a minuscule amount but it like gave it that like alex said a romance to it really it, it's because it's high proof and people dangerous just jacked up on liquor yeah. <laughs> and so that's a little thing to consider next time someone's like edgar Allan poe was hallucinating ravens in his bedroom is like no nah, he was he was just wasted he was fucked <laughs> Up like Stephen up. King writing Cujo, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. Sequel me, Alex. Okay, so this is the promised sequel. It's a lot more lighthearted, like I said, and it all starts back in the first half of the 20th century, according to some eyewitness accounts. It was happening all the way back to the 1930s, uh, but the first time that everyone can agree on was sometime between midnight and 6 a.m. on the morning of January 19th, 1949. The hundredth anniversary of Poe's birth. Okay, so it was a hundred years after his death. Uh, I'm sorry, it was it was his hundredth death anniversary. If it'd be 49, yeah, because he died in 49. It would be it would be 149. It was the hundredth anniversary of his death on his birthday. If you know what I'm saying, it was the birth is his birthday. The year a hundred years after he died. Gotcha. He was he was yeah. born in 1809. Yeah. yeah. Got you. Well, yeah, well, he was born in. Is that right? Says he was born 1809. Yeah. You're saying the day it's his birthday, 100 years after his after he died. I yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. He died October 7th, 1849. Yeah. He was only 40. Damn. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's kind of is that old for the 1850s? Not not really. No, he was not. He definitely died early. Okay. Uh, so this happened 100 years after he died. Quietly, uh, in in an all black suit with a white scarf and a big top hat, a masked man visited the grave of Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe and left three red roses and a bottle of cognac every year from 1949 <laughs> until 2009. All right. So at first, huh. 
just a few people would show up and watch it go down because somebody saw it happen that first time and they were like, is it going to happen again? So they, they showed up and they watched and it slowly drew a crowd. I feel this is already a very weird thing to do for something that was obviously meant to be like private and intimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the end, it was almost like a ceremony, almost like waiting for Santa Claus or something uh, with like cosplayers uh, from characters from Poe's books and all kinds of other weird stuff that you would not expect to have at someone's grave on their birthday. That seems a little disrespectful, but you know, whatever, like they're just there to be enthusiastic about Poe. So whatever. Um, nobody knows for sure what the significance is of the cognac because Poe didn't like drink this drink. Uh, yeah. and it's never mentioned in any of his books, you know, like maybe you'd want like an Amontillado if you were going to do something from Poe's like writing, uh, but the popular thinking on the roses is that they represent everyone buried at the gravesite, which is Poe, uh, his wife, Virginia Clem, uh, and uh, his mother-in-law, Maria Clem, who he lived with up until his death. Um, also, the Poe toaster, as he is called, uh, sometimes also left notes along with the traditionally expected rose and cognac. Uh and an example people often give uh, as to the contents of most of these notes and how they went were uh, things like this one note that said, Edgar, I haven't forgotten you. Right. So it's like mm. a bunch of notes like that for the most part, just sort of gotcha. schmaltzy, sort of slightly nostalgic notes about Poe. Uh, but in 1998, the note said the torch will be passed. Uh, which implied seemingly that maybe the tradition of leaving this stuff was going to pass maybe from a parent to a child uh, or something like that. And indeed, after 1998, the toaster was reported to be a younger man. Uh, So a lot of people assume that it was this guy's son that took over for him uh, as the toaster. And the only Hmm. way we know that this second toaster was even legitimate was that the curator of the Poe house has a secret signal worked out with the real toaster that this guy also knew and continued. If that makes sense. Mm. So he actually had a sort of secret way of being like, I'm the real one. I know what's up, Uh, which is crazy. Uh, But like I said, things ended for good in 2009 and it didn't go out on a high note either. Uh, It just sort of like got slowly weirder and weirder as it petered out. So, like I said, the first time that there was any sort of like change was in 1999 when this younger person came. Uh, And in 2001, uh, days before the Super Bowl between the New York Giants and the Baltimore Ravens, uh, here uh, is the the quote was, The New York Giants, darkness and decay and the big blue hold dominion over all. The Baltimore Ravens, a thousand injuries they they will suffer. Edgar Allan Poe evermore. Uh, very weird, uh, because not only was that the first time that the toaster had ever mentioned anything like going on in in current day, uh, it also seemed like he was supporting the New York Giants over the team <laughs> from Baltimore that's named after fucking Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, so I don't know. It was pretty weird. Uh, and then in 2004, uh, during the Iraq War, when uh, everybody in America was mad at France and we invented the stupid ass freedom fries thing that we were doing for a while. Uh, Apparently the toaster was now one of those people uh, and left a note that said the sacred memory of Poe and his final resting place is no place for French cognac. 
With great reluctance, oh but with respect for family tradition, the cognac is placed. The memory of Poe shall live evermore. So, yeah, Oof. people were kind of turned off by the weird new toaster uh, who absolutely did not fit with the like sort of like Barnes and Noble gothic romantic version. Yeah. Of the toaster that they were sort of imagining. Uh, and apparently sometime between 2005 and 2008, the last couple of years, the curator found a note that was so upsetting that he actually lied and said there wasn't a note. And he still hasn't told anyone what that note said, except that he oh. said that in hindsight, he should have known that it meant it was all over. Uh, and finally, after 2009, he never appeared again. Uh, and though many pretenders have attempted to replace the original, uh, that never officially happened until 2015, when the Maryland Historical Society actually held a competition to find a replacement uh, who now does it in the name of city tradition. Uh, and I think still anonymously, like this guy showed up when they announced that he like showed up at the grave and like played on a fiddle in his mask and like went away. Uh, well, <laughs> like said, a, said a little like quote and disappeared. Did a little jig and bye bye. Yeah. So now he's like a sellout sort of like character. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a bummer way to end it. Uh, yeah. But there is one picture of the real original Ooh. toaster that exists. And I have it right here for you. I will uh, post it in the subreddit a little bit after this goes live, but this is the only p picture that exists wow. of the Poe toaster, and it's a very poor quality image. Yeah, it is absolute shit, but at least we know he exists. You can see, you know, you can see his hat, you can see his scarf, mm -hmm. you can see he's got some sort of bouquet or something in his hands, maybe. Yeah, he's like kneeling, and maybe he put his cane up against the grave there. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but that's this weird guy that came and toasted Poe for 50 years at his grave every year on his birthday that nobody knew who it was. Pretty wild that that exists, huh? Yeah. What a magical tale yeah. of a strange man who enjoyed mm -hmm. cognac. Yeah, thanks for the and money, ended guys. With the man who hated, yeah, the, and ended with the man who hated the New York Giants. Or liked the New York Giants. Uh, yeah, thank you for your money, everybody. We appreciate it. We will, uh, we'll be back next week <laughs> with another mini-sode for you. Germany, get your shit together. Whoa! And, uh, if you're if you're that guy who leaves Kanye or does a little fiddle dance now, send us an email. Let, Let us know, know what it's like to have that job. Yeah, I'd love to know what that job is like. Put it on Dirty Jobs with uh, what's his name? Mike Rowe. Mike. Yeah, Mike Rowe. Dirty yeah. Jobs with Mike Rowe. I want to know. Uh, I want to see the Poe Toaster episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hello, my little Chiluminots. No. Mm. Mm. No. Well, welcome Dude. back. Yeah. You know the chill mini. Mm -mm. Welcome back to it, Jesse. You know you enjoy the no. intro. Mm -hmm. That vanilla, that, that, that white chocolate voice. Mm. You refer to yourself as white chocolate in private? I do now. Mm. <laughs> that makes it even worse. You know, what's, you know what's one of the best pieces of trivia about uh, white chocolate? It's bad. It's, it's not, not chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's gross. <laughs> oh, you teased us, Alex. So I'm going to hand the reins directly to you for this uh, little mini-sode here. You've got to follow up a sequel to the episode of uh, oh, yes. the trio of mysteries you gave us. Oh, yes. So this goes back to what I was saying in the uh, Voynich manuscript section of the episode. I was talking about there's a mystery figure... <clears throat> that sold this book right uh to R emperor rudolph the second of the holy roman holy roman empire and <clears throat> that person is a man called john d who is super like 
you know, just notorious. He's sort of like a Rasputin-esque figure, like just like a like a historical occultist and sorcerer person. I said, like I said, he worked with Edward Kelly, I think the guy's name is, the like philosopher's stone, like transmuting metal into gold guy. Um, and you know, there's some controversy over whether this guy ever actually owned the Voynich manuscript itself. But we know for sure that he owned another book called the Book of Soiga, uh, okay. which is not, which is also known as Aldarea, and it's a uh, treatise on demonology written hmm. in Latin uh, from the 1500s. Uh, nobody knows who wrote it. Some say the devil. I don't. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> One can only hope. I don't know if that was maybe the devil. He, Why would he, the devil do? <laughs> Dude, do you know about the codex on demonology? Do you know about the Codex Gigas or whatever it's called? The the giant Bible that was written by the devil. What I want that. What, dude? Have you not seen the Ninth that sounds, Gate? That sounds sick as hell. All right, don't well, worry about. It. What is there a chapter on Power Ranger powers? Dude, I, I don't. I haven't gotten what? to that. I haven't gotten to that part. Well, it's just the Bible. It's just the Bible, but it's written by the devil. It's the What's Holy the Bible. Difference, then I don't know. Uh, but that's not this book. This is the Alderaan. No, uh, and uh, this guy was an advisor to Elizabeth the First. He got this book in the 1580s. Uh, and most of the book is written in Latin. D could read it. No problem. There's all sorts of conjurations, spells, protection spells, formulas, hierarchies of angels and demons. Uh, but the final 36 pages of the book uh, were just tables of Latin. And he realized that it was a code of some kind, but he never was able to solve it, even though he did call on Edward Kelly, his scryer. Mm -hmm. crystal gazer who he said he summoned the angel the archangel uriel to come down and ask him about the meaning of the 36 pages uh and the angel spoke directly out of kelly's mouth said the book came into existence when adam entered paradise and that only michael could read it uh and obviously uriel's not michael uh and the angel also said that the book was cursed and that anybody who deciphers the meaning of the tables would die two and a half years later. Very specific. It's a very, very weird, specific curse. That's, that's enough time to let everybody in the world know what they transcribed to. Uh, yeah, but the, uh, John D. died in the late 1610, sometime before 1620. Uh, the book of Soiga uh, disappeared after his death. Nobody knows uh, what happened to it for a long time, uh, but it popped up like the name of the book popped up all over the place. Hmm. Uh, but people were worried that it was lost forever until 1994, 400 years after John D died, uh, when a copy of the book was found uh, just in a pile of books in the British library in London. It's the biggest library uh, that exists. Uh, and uh, this person, Deborah Harkness found it. She's an American uh, historian and professor. And she wrote a thesis on John D, which is like amazing that she found that. And it, what's even more amazing is that a few months later, she found another copy uh, in Oxford in the Bod- in the Bodleian Bodleian library at Oxford. Um, sure. And as soon as it was announced that somebody had found it, uh, a bunch of cryptographers were like, let me try and solve it. And people worked on it for about 12 years until 2006 uh, when a man called Jim Reeds, uh, who was a lifer Voynich guy, 
found I an love algorithm. this voyage lifers out there dude there it's real it's a real thing it also makes all of this very like you know i'm the person who studies this so i found two copies or i'm the one who does this thing so i you know it always makes it a little bit like did you just bring a book with you to the library and plan right, it at the like same that time kind of who thing. would who would find it but an expert on it right yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's the indiana jones problem yep um <laughs> but this guy the voynich guy he 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 found an algorithm for solving the tables uh, and proved that they contain a list of astrological terms, magical incantations, and more angels and demons. The like the more forbidden knowledge. Gotcha. Um, but Jim Reed's is still alive. Twelve years later, uh, 13, 14 years later now. Beating that curse. Uh, Appreciate it, Jim. Even though he was able to figure out the code. Um, but he read them, but he didn't use them. So maybe that's maybe ah. that's you know the curse not fully taking effect that's I, man that's how you make deals with the devil though right there but yeah like i mean you got to remember the reason it's pretty punk rock why these books were encrypted in the first place right which is that like the knowledge like literally it was forbidden knowledge it's hard to imagine now you know in a rule 34 world that there's anything <laughs> that's too inflammatory or wrong to be seen yeah there desensitization has happened so hard to our generation yeah, uh, but I mean, it's just a different world, right? Uh, oh, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, back then to not get in trouble, they'd fucking encipher that shit. So, you know, if you were cool, you could figure out the scary demons and spells. But if not, you know, you just had to have the base level. <laughs> or maybe, you know, they kept kept it back and then have like money and they're like, yo, yo, yo. Like, here you go. <laughs> he made a money sign. You could he rubbed his fingers together. You guys couldn't see it. Don't worry. Yeah, like pay me and I'll give you the the code to the to the last bit. Right. It's a it's a it's like a classic like exclusive club kind of thing, right? Like if you like you can easily see somebody using that to extort money out of people. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh but yeah, that's the Soiga, that's the book of Soiga. Sweet. Fascinating. Well, what I bring to the table something that we should we absolutely have to talk about. Is it it's what I a, think we're gonna talk about? Because it probably I, it could be my thing too. It's probably both our things. Is and it that's a part fine. two of an unfolding saga? It, well, did we even cover part one of the unfolding I, saga? I think this saga has unfolded during the course of this week between the last episode and this episode. Oh, yeah, I'm right. So. We didn't have. Yeah. A, you're right. Okay. The, well, let's the talk amazing about it. monolith that appeared the randomly monolith. in the Utah deserts, was it? Or was it the Arizona deserts? The monolith know. in Utah. Yeah. It was a large rectangular thing that just some the the what is the the public the the public whatever the people basically the people who go helicopter around looking for missing people um they thought yeah utah highway patrol um they found this monolith as they were helicoptering around in the middle of nowhere and uh they examined it there's video of them checking it out um the later on somebody provides. went to go check it out for, on instagram after he figured out where the coordinates were and it's like a thin metal that's like maybe aluminum that's riveted together however in between the time that it's been found and now it's also now gone missing. And so we're kind of just left curiously wondering what the hell it was. It has to be like the real life version of Gene Guy from The Mandalorian, right? Like it was probably because the theory that I heard was that it was Westworld that left it there. And that they, they were filming. Say something. Well, they, they said they were filming in the area and that like maybe somebody on the crew left it. And I think that maybe they like saw it on the internet and they were like, Oh shit. And they like 
went back and got it so they wouldn't get shit canned. But I don't know. It's interesting. Um, Because it was just in a very remote area. Like it wasn't a place people would find or see it normally. No. Right. They were Uh, like looking for sheep or something. They were like counting sheep when they found it or something. Yeah, they're doing something really, really like bizarre. In a helicopter, and they were like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it's very bizarre. It uh, looks like, what is it from? Was it a 2001 A Space Odyssey? The, the monkeys who find the yeah, monolith. The monolith. Or whatever. The monolith. Yep. The yeah. monolith. Uh, <laughs> if we could just start that as a thing where someone just goes, the monolith, and everyone's repeating the, the monolith. That would be great. Uh, from the, now uh, on. But just yeah, society. it doesn't look like it was any, made of anything special. Like somebody tried to put a magnet against it and it didn't stick. Like there was no magnetic pull to, the, to it. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, I almost feel like it might just have just been an art piece, like somebody just being weird and waiting for somebody to find it. And just as somebody finds there it, they planned on removing it. A lot of crazy things it could be, mostly because in the desert, there's a lot of crazy stuff. And not in like, uh, it's the desert, there's great, but like <laughs> the US government, yeah, um, yeah. everything from uh, the Air Force to cable companies will stick stuff out in the desert and use satellites to, like, you'll see weird. Uh, like boxes with multicolored stuff, like in the middle of the desert and people will be like, what is this? What, yep. what? But really it's in space. A satellite is looking down, recalibrating based on that off that box. Yeah. It's like some, yeah, exactly. It's just yeah, something it's like a that, geotag, but real. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so th- there's a lot of things and they stick in the desert cause no one's there and no one's going to mess with it. Exactly. And so this clearly could be something like that as well. Like mm-hmm. something somewhere use this as a marker and there could be other uh, markers like that out there that, you know, if you have a satellite or some sort of, uh, you know, looking device that you're like, OK, yeah, pinpointed and, you know, firing whatever or changing yeah. whatever. Or I wonder why they removed it, if that's what it was, like why? Why the sudden removal? Because it was discovered probably because everyone. Yeah, probably everyone saw it and they were just going to go out there and mess with it. Yeah, I think I think it could be that there was something in it. The guy, the guy who actually went out there and took a picture of it, like the other guy who was like, here's how you get there. Yep. That dude, like, I think he said it like felt like a cardboard box. Like it was hollow. Like maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it was like a personal item. Like somebody's or grave or something, you know, and they, yeah, maybe they maybe. moved it. Or just like the memory of somebody. Yeah. I mean, we'll never know. It could be one of a thousand different things. It's just fascinating because just, you know, it sparked the curiosity of everybody for a couple of days. Yeah, there. And they said it went into the ground uh, a ways like it wasn't just standing there. Yeah. I want to know now that it's gone, how deep it went. I'm well, very the images curious. that they show online is this kind of like a little pyramid bit left over. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Like it's people. I think people have put rocks next to it, but it looks like at least from the stuff that's on Twitter. It looks like there is sort of a like um, I'll just send you guys this image. It looks like there's kind of a uh, I don't know, like a little pyramid sticking out of the ground, and someone has put rocks next to whatever remains. There you go. I saw that little picture earlier. I didn't realize that was of the uh, of the same site. Is that real? It's the exact same site. Yeah, uh, that oh. tweet is from Brian Schnee. And I guess the photo is uh, Kelsey Dockham, uh, Canyon State Overland. And he's like, yep, it's gone. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, have you yeah, heard of, have you heard of uh, John McCracken? No. So there's another theory going around about this that it has to do with John McCracken, who is a 
sculptor. He's like an artist. And if you just look at his work and you compare it to mm. the monolith, mm-hmm. like they look very similar. But if he did do it, he did it in complete secrecy. At the uh, but same all- time, it's not like it's a unique shape. No, but it's 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 news because uh, it's almost identical to this one piece fair by John McCracken, which you can see there. Yeah. Uh, other than that, this one is like riveted on the side. Yeah. Uh, but I don't I, I haven't seen the McCracken sculptures up close to know. Uh, but uh, according to his dealer, yes, he made it. Obviously, according to his son, maybe he made it. But all his buddies are like, no way. <laughs> huh. But oh, he died in 2011. He died in 2011. Oh, gosh. So it have been out there. I mean, it was in a very remote, untraversed area. So it's very possible. It's not necessarily that he put it there. It's just that he made it maybe. But mm. who knows? Uh, it's been confirmed that it was removed on the evening of the 27th. That's the last. Some guy, um, Ricardo Marino, went out there on the night of the 27th to take a look. And it was gone. Crazy. Huh. Yeah. That's nuts. Oh, the mystery, dude. The it mystery. returned home. Weird. Very, the very monolith. bizarre. Well, the that's uh, that's fascinating. We still have no updates either on any of the jetpack men in L.A. yet, by the way. There hasn't been a another few, one. A few people sent us emails saying, hey, have you seen this this jetpack hoax? But it's not the same thing. It's a totally different story in a totally different part of the, the country. Uh, the jetpack man is real. It is not a, a hoax like that has been picked up by airport radars multiple times. The question of like who it is, I don't think has been answered. Nobody's yet, found any evidence, though. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. The world that... is full of mysteries, dude. Yeah, we love and you guys. Thank you guys so much for directly supporting us here on Patreon. It helps us out such a great deal. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this weekly without you guys. Uh, we got some really, really exciting new Patreon stuff coming up in the works. Uh, just to give you some tantalizing tease, me and Alex have been talking about some stuff we're going to do. So be ready to see some some stuff hitting in the next few weeks. Uh, oh, we'll shit. be back next week with some more Patreon minis. Goodbye, everybody. Peace. The monolith. monolith. (laughs) Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside. She's looking up at the sky in a fog. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky. <laughs> so it just mean that you want that for me. I would dream of the goblin, one of my favorite toys, go to sleep with a toy and wake up with it missing. And I remember this drove me insane because I was like, there is no way a dream goblin is stealing my toy. <laughs> Not good. I'm just going to go back to sleep and it is fine. 